Hello, thank you for joining me. You're listening to a Healthy Fox podcast. This weekly podcast discusses the many aspects of health. It is relatable and is sure to meet you wherever you are on your health journey. Life experiences have provided me with an innate need to want to help others on their health journey. Being healthy doesn't mean perfection. It means growth and personal development for yourself. My hope is you can take away something from listening that you'll be able to incorporate into your life and be a healthier and happier version for yourself. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, it is me again, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me. So I have decided to launch on this. My decision to start this series on parenting actually stemmed from a conversation I had with somebody um, close to me. We are talking about why people vary in like things like self-esteem or confidence. I mean, why there are people that are notorious for taking versus people who are always giving. We were talking about driven people, humble people, like you get the idea. We're just trying to figure out the whys, what makes that. And it is truly in my belief system that your early start in life, like your childhood, these things are planted um, in your unconscious mind without even thinking about it. You go through life every day without realizing that those ideas, your thoughts have been shaped and formed by what you experienced in your childhood, um, mostly from your parents or the people that provided for you. Um, so it's it's something that's extremely interesting to me. And although I feel genetics play a factor in our personalities, we also know the role that your parents take in one's life and it can have a profound impact on who we become. So that being said, today's podcast will tackle a tough but real subject of how we parent or how you were parented and the outcome of that and how that comes to be. And there's always exceptions to the rules, but this podcast set up for failure is composed of parenting styles or tactics that one might think are harmless or don't necessarily matter. But over time, if we keep these parenting styles up, They do catch up with you and they can be embedded in the thought process of your child's entire life. Hence, some struggling points for the child as an adult. And I know this firsthand because obviously I'm an adult and I I think about why I am about certain things. And it always goes back to my early beginnings. So I've had some personal time to reflect on my parents' parenting style or or lack thereof. to want to dig a little deeper into what makes a child be set up for failure. I want to add, too, that there are other contributing factors that can definitely affect a child's success, such as socioeconomic status or the environment that they live in, um, the parent's educational level. I mean, if you are only dealing with parents that have an educational level up to a certain point, then that's all they can give. That's where they've been tapped out in their brain. So you have to think about those things too when you um, look at people and their personalities and why they are what they are. It is also a very strong belief for me that it's not set in stone because there are studies out there that you can re- rewire your brain, so to say. And I think I explained this in the previous podcast, how we are born with all these like wild synapses in our brain. If you can picture a bunch of loose wires, 
And when things happen, these synapses actually connect and it, it helps your, your child grow and um, it provides them with a, a better outcome to succeed in life as far as, you know, the nurturing part, the loving part of, of the brain. So I, I, I did a little research on this and um, I took this from a lot of sources. And of course, I believe in a lot of it and I don't believe in a lot of it. So this is surely only my opinion. But because of the road I've traveled, because of um, my upbringing, because of, you know, my crappy parents and uh, struggling as an adult, I also know that you can change. That was my point. You can change what whatever you want in life. Every day you wake up, you can change and morph into something else. It's not easy. It takes a lot of practice. But I chose a long time ago, actually, when I was 11, that I was not going to be anything like like my parents. And I've worked very hard at not being anything like my parents. And um, I don't know, I like who my kids have grown up to be. And I, a lot of times will reflect on things I could have done better or different. And, and, and no kid is alike. I mean, the way you treat one is going to be different than you treat number two. And so it's kind of a, just a, a general theory. But if you listen to the reasoning, you can almost picture why, why you are the way you are. And maybe what was said to you as a child that morphed you into where you are today. That being said, if you're a parent and you're able to look at, um, some of these these things when you're raising your kid that um, you might think twice about the words you use or how you handle a situation. One of the things um, that I think is big, and the first thing I think of is giving them everything they want. I mean, this to me does everything to make an ungrateful human being. Um, there's something about the simplicity in life and having little and wishing and wanting more, but not getting it. I mean, if you've ever been in that place where you wished you had something, um, materialistically and it took some time maybe for you to acquire, maybe you had to save up for it, or you had just had to wait patiently for it for, for whatever reason. It is so much more valued when you finally get it. It's just cherished and you don't take it for granted. Um, studies out there show what when we are grateful, we are we are happier and we are content with our lives because we are truly grateful for what we have in this present moment. I mean, how many times as adults do we want and then life something happens like um my mind goes to to COVID where you're you're maybe you're thinking about getting a new car or, or building a house and then COVID happens and somebody passes away where it just reorganizes your ideas of what's important, what's not important. So that thing that you were wanting, like a car or a house, aren't so important anymore because you just valued uh, maybe that friendship or family member or significant other, whatever was going on. And you forget about it. You just forget it. And you just cherish life and you become grateful for the things that you have. So I think it's important not to give, 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 give to kids because they don't understand, um, especially when they're young, um, you know, the sacrifice that came into place or the money that you, they have no concept of that. They just know that they get whatever they want. 
And why wouldn't they want to keep getting what they want as they get older? So as long as you fall into that routine of, of giving them everything, they, they truly never appreciate that, you know, not having it. And, and, and that's okay. That's okay. Because they grow up to be more grateful people. The other thing is keeping them entertained 24 seven. My thoughts on electronics are big. I get wild about this because electronics have taken over our lives. We have iPads, we have phones. I see kids that are just fine tuning their motor skills, holding on to, to phones, watching Teletubbies or whatever kids watch nowadays while the parents are grocery shopping or doing what in a sitting in a doctor's office, man, I, that just irks me so much because, um, they, they don't, they don't need that. They don't need that constant stimulus. They don't need to be constantly busy. They don't need to be constantly in this sport or extracurricular thing. Let them just be kids. Let them play outside. Let them get creative. Give them, give them, a bunch of art resources, turn on some music and, and let their creative juices flow. Um, the, the world does not provide us as an adult entertainment 24 seven, but we crave this constant need to be entertained. And we forget that we, we need to quiet the mind that we need to have our thoughts and creative outlook on life, like an individuality to each of ourselves. And I feel the, a lot electronics, takes takes that away keeping enter, keeping our kids entertained all the time takes away from their need to find themselves and um i think it's important to let them be bored let them be bored and let them figure it out for themselves and and see what they do with that that open time um i was a really strict mom when my kids were little and they were only allowed TV, um, that was a privilege. It wasn't something that they just got to watch. Um, and it wasn't something that had to be earned necessarily, but it did. I mean, things had to be done like, you know, maybe chores around the house or homework or little things that needed to, to, for us to help each other out as a family in the house, maybe like raking the leaves or something. Those are times that you are, you're creating memories without, even knowing that you're creating memories and you're instilling, um, you're instilling a lot of good things there. You're the, the family, the value of family and being close to family and hard work ethic. And then if you get all that done, then the, the reward is something like watching TV. Like that's relaxing. If, if you so, so be it for me, that's not a thing, but um, I think it's important to, to let our kids be bored. Um, another problem, setting kids up for failure is not teaching personal responsibility. And we oftentimes will um, kind of cuddle our kids with not wanting their feelings hurt or to demand too much or, um, you know, to create that, that friction where you don't want to deal with the conflict of maybe a tantrum or whatever. So like if they don't get their homework, we as parents will sometimes like, oh, that's okay. I understand. You're too tired you know, and then, or maybe they, they hurt a kid at, at school on the playground and they come home and they're upset because they got in trouble. And it's like, yeah, but you know, I understand that because you, you didn't feel good this morning when you, when you left for school. 
you know, where does it, where does it end? You, oh, you got a DUI. Oh, you know what? The bartender fed you too many, too many drinks. It's literally teaching your kids choices and consequences on that one. Uh, it's imperative to, to, to show them. I'm a big advocate and probably over explaining things to my kids, but when they were really, really, really little, and I'm trying to think of a good example, like if you don't um, get down from the the cool Barney chair I just bought for you. I remember Barney was really popular um, because they were standing on it. Um, I'm, I'm I, I like they were standing on it, and I didn't want them to fall and get hurt. So I would say something like, "I need you to please sit on the chair the right way. I don't want you standing on it because I don't want you to get hurt, and I don't want you to get hurt because I love you." And so then I'm explaining exactly the reason why I'm telling them to get down in case they don't know, because it's our job to teach them, right? If they still choose to stand on it, I will rephrase it. I will say, I asked you to please get down from the chair because I didn't want you to get hurt. Now, if you choose not to sit down, then I'm going to have to take the chair away. So now I'm putting the ball into their, their, you know, game and they are given a choice. If they sit down, they get to keep sitting there. If they don't, they get the, the chair taken away. The thing is the follow through has to be a hundred percent has to be there on the parents part because otherwise they're empty, empty. They're just emptying. The kid's going to learn that you're not going to have any follow through no matter what you say anyways. So then they're still standing. You have to take the chair away. You have to deal with the fit. And then you explain to them, I told you, and you had a choice and you chose to do this. So the only one you can get mad at is yourself. Maybe next time we go with this, we'll make better choices for ourselves. Now, why don't you go find your favorite book to read and we'll read it. And then you just kind of drop it and distract it. Everything's a learning process. It takes time, but it works. It works. Teaching them intolerance. I mean, every day we are in a place where we have an opportunity where we're in touch with someone of a different race, a different culture, religion, or a different sexual orientation. How we act as parents. Um, and this to me is more prevalent now than when I was younger because it just it wasn't as talked about. The diversity of, of life and people just wasn't addressed back in those days. So how you talk and, and act sets their mindset and creates a stereotype and it closes the perspective of others when you when you talk negatively about this about this. I think it's important to talk about uh different lives without placing an opinion. I mean we can teach that we're all different, you know, that it's okay that we're different than than each other, but it doesn't necessarily make it wrong. They're just different and that's okay. Um some other things are teaching your child that they are somehow better than someone else. That will create uh, a lot of friction as they as they grow up because that does not set well. Obviously, you know people like that in your life, and that goes without explaining. But if you are teaching your kids that they're better than somebody, they're going to grow up thinking that, and that that will backfire for obvious reasons in their lives. Another one is a uh, shout out to two parents in treating yourself poorly, like negative talk, like self-talk, 
they will learn those same traits. How many times um, have you looked in the mirror and think, oh, I'm so fat, and you say those words out loud, or I can't fit into this, or I, that negative talk, it needs to stop. Celebrate who you are so you're teaching your kids those self-esteem things. Um, it, it really impacts a child's sense of um, self. It, it contributes to a long-standing negative self-narrative and self-fulfilling privacy. Basically, kids learn to speak to themselves the way they've been spoken to. Another thing are control issues, the over-disciplined type parents. Um, rigid discipline can have issues with control of others, um, OCD, and other anxious behaviors can make them feel unloved and unwanted. Studies show that kids exhibit antisocial behavior and can become dependent on addictive substance, substances to cope. Um, that's a hard one because we have, we have children and we want them to be happy and successful and we have this conception that we need to control everything they do and other things that I've talked about play into this with keeping them busy 24-7 with different things. Because somewhere in our lives, we have been taught that this is what you need to do to be successful. And what is successful? I mean, at the end of our lives, don't we truly want to just be happy and make a positive impact in the world? But if we're creating these anxious kids with control issues and um, trying to control every little aspect of their lives, it goes against who they are. I mean, they were born into this world to be their own individuals. And we, we as parents just have to let that, that flourish. It is, is our job to set up guidelines, obviously, to keep them safe but whoever they were meant to be is who they were meant to be. And it, it makes parenting a lot easier if you just kind of follow their lead and keep them safe in the meantime. The other, on the other extreme, we have the no parent parenting. That's the one I come from. Um, they don't learn to control kids that do this. They don't learn to control their behavior and they don't know how to self-regulate. They perform poorly in school and have poor impulse control. Now I can't, personally speak on on that because my story is more complicated than than that but um kids want to be loved they want to be paid attention to they want to be spoken to and they they need that eye contact your time is probably the most valuable thing you can give your child and um if you're not there and you just think that okay i had this kid i'll feed it i'll put a roof over its head once in a while, I'll check in. How's it going? The kid's 13 years old. You haven't seen him all day. He went over to a friend's house. He was gaming, God knowing, doing what else. If they do not have the guidelines, if they don't have the expectations, if they don't have the rules to, to you know, to live by, then they, yes, are, they're going to find their own way because nobody holds them accountable for anything. And it's, it's, it's hard as they they grow up because those things are hard to establish them because they weren't set way back when they should have been when they were younger. And it's, uh, it's not disciplining uh, them so much. It's just, it's, it's guiding them. It's setting up those rules and talking about um, the discipline. Um, it's to discipline. Is not wrong necessarily? Um, it's how you do it. 
you know, um, sometimes people think discipline is, is hurting a child, but I'm a strong advocate that discipline is teaching a child and, and giving them the tools to succeed in life. It's, um, every time there's a hoopla or something that happens to, to take those moments and use them, uh, as an educational piece to make your, your child better. Um, there's also another thing setting up for failure is showing no affection. Um, it'll, it'll create kids to exhibit a more negative behavior, honestly, because when they display negative behavior, then they get attention. So any attention is better than no attention, which is why the kids that are neglected will often act naughty or, or get into trouble. Um, shaming, shaming your kid, doing this in front of others. Um, the adult may think this may motivate, motivate a child to do better, but it's actually emotional, emotionally devastating and humiliating. Um, you know, look at the way so-and-so is sitting and doing their homework and, and you are here doing this again. You know, it's such a demeaning statement and, and kids feed off that and they feel a disappointment from you. And doing that over and over and over again, they start to believe they're just a disappointment. Comparing. Um, comparing is a hard one. And I've talked about this on our other podcast. I have another podcast called We Built Us. I do that one with my daughter. And comparing is so naughty and bad for adults and children alike. It steals your joy. Um, but when you compare your child to another child, truly they will feel unappreciated when they do do good and those things aren't spoken of. Those things lead to a low self-worth, low self-esteem, constant self-comparison, and they will have jealousy towards others, even as adults. So these things manifest because they become part of who you are into your adult years. Another one is criticizing, developing a tendency to avoid positive emotion as they are constantly bombarded by negative emotions that can lead to mental health problems like anxiety and, and depression. Nobody likes to be criticized. I mean, even as adults, anybody listening to this, if, if you're criticized by your boss or somebody that you love and care about, it hurts. It hurts and it brings you down. It sucks the energy from you. So why would we do that to our children? Um, another one is not encouraging. Uh, it doesn't give kids the reinforcements needed to repeat good, good behaviors. Um, when you encourage something that is a positive thing or you see as a light in their life, it's good to encourage that so they keep repeating it. And that just builds on for a more successful human being. Having no respect for their feelings. Uh, for a child to come to you and talk to you about whatever and they're distraught about it, pay attention. I mean, if you don't respect it, belittle it, or ignore it, then they, they don't really earn a lot of respect from you. And the respect issue kind of goes out the window over time. And that's something that, uh, to me, is something that you should build on throughout their life because you want that as an adult with your adult child. But if, if you poo-poo their emotions aside, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's a disrespect to them. Um, being overprotective is not teaching kids valuable skills to survive on their own. They need to learn 
how to do things for themselves. It's okay if they fall down. They will they will get they will get back up. They you've heard they are resilient little human beings. Um and if we are so protective, you know, throughout their life, they're not gonna know how to do things on their own as they get older, and that that's a disservice to them. Children truly need to be seen and heard and listened to um, for them to grow grow up happy. Children with positive parenting are more at risk for relationships, or I'm sorry, children without positive parenting are more at risk for relationship troubles, depression, anxiety, aggression, and other negative outcomes. With, this is my the thought on this, I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, with our world and the record number of people with mental health issues, adults and children, an alarming amount. Becoming a parent and giving our kids the better start by providing a childhood that nurtures is so important. It's easy to replay that cassette that you were given. And the way I, I if you can picture this, if you have a cassette in your head for, or a DVD or a CD or whatever, whoever's listening, whatever generation you're, you're coming from, and there's a recording on that of your childhood and the things that have been implanted in your brain as far as your thoughts and your ideas and your views on the world. As you get older, you just keep playing that. You just keep on playing that damn CD or tape or whatever you got there. And you become that parent that gives that to the child. So a lot of times it takes some rethinking and being okay with it. Because there's there's always a better way. And I'm always looking for ways to be to be better and improve myself. But if we can be better people for our little people, then they grow up and make our world better because we're in a world of hurt right now with our mental health crisis. And um, if you didn't have a great upbringing, be who you needed to be when, when you were young. Um, remember when you, when you keep criticizing your child, they won't stop loving you. They only stop loving themselves. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, thank you for joining me. This was number one in a six-part series of parenting. Join me next week as I discussing raising a kick-ass kid in times of adversity. Thanks for listening. Bye.